As much as I talk about analytics and strategic decisions and data and systems and all the very pragmatic things about building a small business, honestly, a lot of this whole making a living from the things you make thing is still ultimately emotional. We are now to the other side of our five weeks in a row of markets for Francesco and I and our ceramics business, Caraterra. And there's a lot to unpack. There are plenty of emotions around business just on its own. But it's also pretty darn impossible, for me at least, to separate personal emotions from business ones. It's all pretty wrapped up in one messy heap. And that is probably why so many successful business people recommend meditation, to be honest. But that's a topic for another episode. First up, as the world is still a heavy, heavy place, let's take that same 30 seconds together as last week. A few deep breaths in and out. Recognizing that, all of us, no matter what side of the street, what side of the river, or what side of the world we live on, we are all simply human. Welcome back to The Maker's Playbook, the show where we talk all about what it's really like as humans to figure out how to make a living from the things we make. I'm your host, seasoned entrepreneur of 13 years, Rebecca Ikiskara. Once again, this episode was made possible in part thanks to our sponsor, Amico. Hi, I'm Cami, the purchasing manager at Amico, providing you with everything you need for clay. This episode is brought to you by Amico Brent. Find your favorite Amico glaze or Brent equipment at your local distributor. Happy glazing. So, emotions. It's not something you really hear me address very often. Because more often than not, you are probably logging into my little slice of the internet for a dose of tangible tips or tricks or data-centered advice on what to do next as you start or even consider starting your own small business. But guess what? I still make emotional decisions. And as much as we all love to think that we all make decisions based on logic, the majority of the time, the truth is, we are emotional beings making emotional decisions, finding the logical information to justify those decisions after the fact. Now, don't get me wrong, I still love systems and data to help me balance out my emotions. I do, after all, have the highly energized ancestry of the Sicilians coursing through my blood. 
and paired with my Scorpio tendencies, balancing out the emotions is important. Systems and data have proven crucial to calm my brain down at times when I'm letting the scarcity monsters take control and make me think that the business is going to collapse and no one is going to hire me ever again. Nearly 13 years of data does wonders for reminding me that actually, I can figure this thing out. Because look, I have figured this thing out before. But the emotions are still there. The emotions still affect how I show up to things, like a market. In the second episode of this launch series, which is episode number 407, if you missed it, I talked a lot about how a lot of this selling in person thing is theater. While we might be tired, we are acting energetic. While we might be disappointed in a recent comment or a reaction to our pricing, we are acting confident with the next person who walks into the booth. And that statement and everything I shared in episode 407, it all still holds true. But what is also true is that there's only so much you can do to change the energy that you're giving off. And I don't mean in like a woo kind of a way. When it's 43 degrees Fahrenheit outside and windy, I cannot act my way into being comfortable. It's just not going to happen. And there's no amount of acting I'm going to be able to do that would convince anyone to slow down and meander through our final market of those crazy five weeks when we're all experiencing the bitter wind together. Now, ironically, this was the exact same market we started off with this summer, our local maker's market. So just a quick side tangent away from the topic of emotions for a minute, but also sort of related. While I might talk about being strategic with which markets to choose, researching the neighborhoods or the audiences, making sure the vibe a market is putting out connects with your own aesthetic and brand, to try and have the best chance for highest sales because your people are their people. Yes, all of that is still savvy and smart things to do. But also, frankly, sometimes it's just a crapshoot. You just don't know. This particular market, the one when we joined them back in July first, all summer long, that experience in July was holding as our strongest sales when you did the math to figure out a sort of loose hourly rate. $700 in sales over the course of four hours with only a $50 booth fee was a better hourly pay than the $2,000 in sales over the course of two full days over a weekend festival that had a booth fee of around $200 or $300. Needless to say, we were excited to be ending our five weeks in a row of shows by returning back to the market that was so strong in July. And that weekend in July had been a holiday weekend. All of the other vendors were telling us how much slower it was than usual and how attendance was down because people were out of town for the 4th. Amazing, we thought. Here, we are back for the final market of the year. It's the start of October, so surely people are starting to buy holiday gifts. 
This is going to be awesome. Plus, after many more shows under our belts since that first one, we've got a system down for packing up our booth and loading up and unloading and setting up and all the things. So we actually finally got way more than four hours of sleep, like that very first weekend. We were ready. But so was Mother Nature. And for the rest of the world listening, other than the Americans, 43 degrees Fahrenheit is about 6 degrees Celsius. Plus, don't forget the significant gusts of wind. Needless to say, it was cold. You don't linger in that kind of weather. You get in and you get out. Plus, unbeknownst to us, there was a special one-day-only market happening nearby in another park that went a lot later into the day, which meant people could wait out the bad weather at home and get their handmade fix afternoon when the sun had finally started to peek out and was giving off the cozy, crisp fall vibes everyone loves so much instead of the this-is-sort-of-miserable-winter-is-coming vibes. In the span of four months, the market that started as our strongest ever also was our slowest ever. Now, does that make it a bad market? Not necessarily, no. Honestly, we got really lucky with weather all summer long. So this sort of felt like a rite of passage, and it was bound to happen. And I should be relieved that it happened for the four-hour market rather than missing out on two days' worth of sales at a bigger event. The point is, sometimes, even with the research and the planning and the strategy, it just doesn't work out. It doesn't make it good or bad. It's not a reflection on us or our work. It just is what it is. And you keep on keeping on. So, about those pesky emotions. What's interesting to me is that when it comes to the numbers, the sales side of things, we had two full weekend shows that very nearly had the exact same amount of sales. When I think back on them, one, I will say yes to doing again in a heartbeat. We loved it. The other, well, we might have to think about it for a little bit before we make a final decision. We made essentially the same amount of money. Both were two days long. The one we loved actually involved a lot more work because we were hosting at our own home. Big shout out to the Milwaukee Studio Tour. And if you've been following me on Instagram for a little while, you know that our home is very much a work in progress. We were literally building stairs the day before the tour began. Okay, Francesca was mostly building the stairs the day before the tour began. Stairs that we needed for guests to be able to go around our backyard and experience all the lovely artwork of our guest artists and our friends. The other show, while away from home and an overnight stay in the Chicagoland area, was located in a really rather expensive neighborhood. It was fantastically run, 
super helpful volunteers, easy load in and out. We had a friend's place to stay nearby so that we didn't have to pay for a hotel cost or anything like that, affecting my mood around this show. But emotionally, it was exhausting. Maybe it was because of where our booth was located. It wasn't exactly ideal. Maybe it was because it was the fourth week in a row of shows. Maybe it's because it just wasn't the right place for us. We're not sure yet. But we were tired by the end of that weekend. Whereas, after the Milwaukee studio tour, while we were still on our feet for two full days, and hosting people for all that time takes plenty of energy on its own, it was an energizing kind of tired. It was the kind of tired that makes you excited to get back to work after the show is over because there is momentum. Momentum. Maybe that's actually what this is more about. It's less emotion and more momentum. Emotions are fickle and most fleeting. There are highs and lows, and as you've heard me talk about on past episodes of this launch series, sometimes those highs and lows come in the same hour. If you give yourself a pause, the emotion, whether it's bad or good, will more than likely pass. But momentum? Well, if you think about trying to gather momentum, initially it can be quite a lot of work. Picture trying to roll a boulder, or building a snowman, or getting a train moving, depending on whatever whatever metaphor works for you. In any of these situations, the initial amount of energy it takes to get that thing moving is a lot. But once you do get it moving, well, watch out, because now slowing it down is a whole other thing. Gathering this momentum that can often be the hardest in getting something off the ground. Because the thing about momentum is that it requires some consistency. If you're trying to push a boulder from one location to another, if you start pushing, and then you stop, and then you come back and you start again, well, you have to use the same amount of energy when you come back as when you started the first time. A little bit of a waste, isn't it? But if you start pushing and you keep pushing, even when it doesn't feel like the damn rock is going anywhere, even when no one is watching you any, anymore, even when your muscles start to get a little bit so- sore, at a certain point, there's a bit of a give. The rock rolls, even just a tiny bit. And then, as soon as that first rotation gets going, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier, and pretty soon you are moving an immovable rock. Now, I admit, this is not a perfect metaphor, so for all of you literalists out there immediately thinking about physics and mass and if you're going downhill or uphill and an object in motion staying in motion and all of that, well, do me a favor and just roll with me here. Pun absolutely intended. But in reality, the actual notion of physics sort of works here. 
Think about leverage and friction. Leverage is using some object to help lift the heavy thing off the ground so you can actually move it. Leverage in getting our businesses off the ground, pun not intended, but I will still totally take it, leverage can look like leveraging our network of friends or a connection at a local store or, yes, even social media and the opportunities it provides us. Leverage can also look like leaning into your natural skills. Perhaps you love meeting new people and talking to them. Leverage that and consider selling at in-person events or introducing yourself to owners of local stores. Alternatively, maybe you have a knack or passion for the written word. Leverage that through written communication to grow an audience instead, like on something like Substack or even an Instagram caption, a blog post, or an email newsletter. To lift a boulder, I might find a nearby tree branch and wedge it underneath to get it moving. Or I might go to the store and buy a dolly or a handcart and do the same thing. Both work. Both provide leverage. Neither is better or worse than the other. It's a matter of finding what's right for you. And that's where we loop back to emotion and friction, if you want to stick with the physics metaphor. Physics tells us that we can also move a heavy object by reducing the friction. Instead of lifting it up off the ground with leverage, if we get something between the object and the friction of the ground, that allows you to slide it along, you can move that boulder just the same by dragging it. But it's finding the thing, for us, that causes less friction. And in this comparison, I'm talking about mental friction. For Francesco and I recently, this is the difference from one show that felt like friction all weekend long and acting all weekend long Yep, that show brought in the same revenue as the Milwaukee Studio Tour. That felt like a big old slide at your favorite playground. Frictionless. It was like we had a neighborhood hug. Recently, inside of the community, a number of members got to chatting about the notion of leaving social media. Could it be done and still grow a business? Many were surprised that after brainstorming together, that yes, it just might be possible. I could feel the friction sliding away, just reading their words. Now, this is not to say that it won't still be hard work growing an audience, getting the momentum of that boulder to start rolling. But if there is less mental friction, at the notion of growing an email list by attending local events and meeting people in person, then the overwhelming mental friction of trying to make a reel, well, you just might be surprised at how quickly you can get the momentum going. The point I'm trying to get at here is that while we can be strategic, while we can research and gather data and implement systems in our businesses, at the end of the day, it's equally important to listen to your gut. 
trust your physical body a little bit more? What gets you excited? What lights you up? How can you do more of that to reach your goals? What feels like a drag and totally exhausts you? Is that thing really necessary or is there an alternative? Some of it is just trial and error. We had no way of knowing which shows this summer we would like and which ones would drain us. We intentionally, systematically, and strategically tried out a variety of different types of shows. So that now, using that strategy, we can follow the momentum. What is it that you feel like you have to do, but really wish you could just quit? As compared to what is the thing that is still a bit hard to do, still takes a lot of energy, but when you feel the tiniest budge of the boulder starting to move, you get so excited you have the energy to keep pushing. Where can you find the momentum in your own small business to get things rolling? It's still hard work to push that damn rock. But let's make sure that once it does start moving, you actually like what's on the other side. If you want to dig deeper on any of these questions, if you'd love to brainstorm with other like-minded makers trying to figure out how to make a living from what they make, then pop on over to makersplaybook.com community to see if it just might be the safe oasis on the internet that you've been looking for. Inside, you'll find makers at every stage, early beginners who just recently touched clay to makers a couple of decades into their careers. Full-timers and hobbyists, side hustlers, and oh my God, I just quit my job, now what do I do-ers? Some of us are selling online, some of us in person, some a mix of it all. But all of us are cheering each other on, problem solving together when issues come up, as they do, and just trying to figure out how the heck to make a living from the things we make. If that sounds interesting to you, once again, you can learn more about it all at makersplaybook.com slash community. This episode was made possible in part thanks to our sponsor, Amico. Hi, I'm Cami, the purchasing manager at Amico, providing you with everything you need for clay. This episode is brought to you by Amico Brent. Find your favorite Amico glaze or Brent equipment at your local distributor. Happy glazing. Audio post-production of this podcast is made possible by help from Christy Kotzvon with promotional material assistance from Queenie Malachi. The Maker's Playbook podcast is recorded on the original homelands of the Potawatomi, Ochung, and Menominee people. We're the people of Wisconsin's sovereign Anishinaabe, Ochunk, Menominee, Oneida, and Mohican nations remain present. Until next time, my friends, go get back to making your dreams a reality. Because together, we've got this.